Well, welcome to Daystar, and it is Baptism Sunday, and we are so excited, so glad that y'all are here, and, and I want to welcome all of our special guests. I know a lot of you, family, friends, people, some of you even driven in from out of town to be a part of someone's baptism today, and so we're so honored that you are here, and I want to welcome all of our campuses, all of you at our downtown campus, our New Garden campus, our Northern Guilford campus, our Sunday night crew, and all of you that are joining us online, thanks for being a part of our services today, and, and uh, before we jump into a message, one quick announcement, this Thursday, May 1st, is National Day of Prayer, and I want to invite all of you who can if you want to join us downtown at the courthouse, in the courtyard, uh, we'll be there from 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock praying for our nation and would love for you to, to join us. So just make uh, a note of that. Put it on your calendar if you can. And, and uh, but let's jump into our message. You know, this re week I was reading in Matthew chapter 4 where Jesus is walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He looks over and he sees Peter and Andrew, they're fishermen, they're cleaning their nets, and he says two simple but very powerful words. He says, follow me. That's it. He just said, follow me. And the Bible says immediately they left their nets, they left their business, and they followed after Jesus. They didn't pray about it. They didn't think about it. They didn't say, hey, you know, we'll get back to you. Give us some time. It says immediately they left everything to follow Jesus. And you realize in the Gospels, 31 times Jesus used these two simple words to invite people into a life-changing relationship. He simply said, follow me. They stepped out of their old life and into a new life with Jesus, and everything changed. This morning, I hope you hear the invitation of Jesus to follow me. Jesus, man, he's inviting us into new life. So the question is, what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does that look like? Well, if you have your Bibles, open with me to Mark chapter 8. I want to read a passage of Scripture to you that I think will give us a picture so we'll understand what Jesus is inviting us into. Beginning in verse 31, it says this, Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, that he must be killed and after three days rise again. And that's what we celebrated on Easter, right? The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's also what baptism is a picture of. It's a picture of our death to our old life and being resurrected to new life. He goes on to say, verse 32, he spoke plainly about this to them and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke Jesus. Now, Peter's got some guts, right? I mean, he's rebuking Jesus. Verse 32, Three, but when Jesus turned and he saw the disciples, I think he saw the disciples beginning to doubt or the confusion that Peter was creating. And he said, get behind me, Satan, to Peter. He said, you don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And then he said this, and he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said this, whoever wants to be my disciple 
must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. There's that word. He's saying it now to the disciples, to this crowd. Take up your cross, follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. So in this passage, I think Jesus mentions three things in particular that help us to understand what it means to follow him. And I want to share those with you briefly. The first one is following Jesus means letting Jesus lead. He says you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross in order to follow me. To deny ourselves and to take up our cross in order to follow Jesus. We've got to allow Jesus to call the shots. I love the message translation of this verse. It says this, anyone who intends to follow me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. See, our tendency is to try to get Jesus to follow us. But Jesus has no intention of following us. He's inviting us to follow him, which means we've got to allow him to lead. And we've got to allow him to lead in every area of our life. So, for example, that means with my marriage. Jesus says, Alan, you've got to love your wife like Christ loves the church and gave himself up for her. Okay, that means I'm going to give my life up to love my wife because I'm going to let him lead. It means with my children, in Deuteronomy 6, the Bible says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he says, and pass these things on to your children. When you rise up, when you lie down, when you walk along the way, man, throughout your life, share these things, pass them on to your children. It means with my time, I want him to have the first part of my day every day. Mark 1.35 says that Jesus rose up a great while before day and departed to a solitary place to pray. It means with my money. In Malachi 3.10, Jesus says, bring the first 10% into the church. There might be resources in the church so that we can serve our community. Yes, sir, I want Jesus to lead with my finances. It means with entertainment. In Psalm 101, verse 3, the Bible says, I will not set any vile or wicked or perverse thing before my eyes. So I don't want to participate in entertainment that I don't think honors God. I want to let him lead. It means in my relationships, in Matthew 22, 39, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. That should characterize our relationships, our willingness to love, to sacrifice, to serve other people. It means I've got to stay pure. In 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18, the Bible says, flee sexual immorality. In other words, here's the point. In every area of my life, I'm saying, Jesus, I'm not leading your I'm following you. I'm inviting you to lead me in every area of my life. And shouldn't it be that way? I mean, 2 Corinthians 5, 15, the Bible says this. He died for all. Again, that's what we celebrated last week at Easter. 
that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. If Jesus gave his life for me, then I'm going to take up my cross, and I'm going to give my life for him. So to follow Jesus means I've got to let him lead. Here's the second thing. Following Jesus, though, means discovering real life. Listen, as long as you're in the driver's seat, there's a good chance you're going to crash. But when we allow Jesus to drive, we arrive home safe. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. When he says, listen, if you save your life, you'll lose it. If you lose your life, you'll save it. In other words, listen, why would we want to be successful in what does not matter and yet fail in what is most important? That's what Jesus is challenging us. I mean, the most valuable thing in our life is our spiritual condition, right? What does it forfeit a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits the thing that's most valuable, his soul? He compromises his spiritual condition. And see, what Jesus is trying to say, listen, if you lose your life, you're actually going to find and discover true life. See, God is good. And he's always inviting us to live. He's inviting us into life. The enemy's always trying to convince us that we can find life outside of God. And he offers us all these things. And often we pursue them only to discover that they're empty. But Jesus came to give us true life. The best picture of this, of course, is King Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes. He said, I, I had women, I had money. I had power, I got educated, I achieved all these great things, I was world famous. He was the greatest man in his day. And you read the book of Ecclesiastes and he says over and over and over again, even though I had and accomplished all these things, it was meaningless like chasing after the wind that life is only found in an intimate relationship with God. See, Jesus in John 10.10 said, I came that you might have life. And life abundantly. Listen, God wants us to experience life. But the path to life is allowing Jesus to lead. Allowing Jesus to lead. Here's the third and final thing. Is that following Jesus means standing up for Jesus. Look what he says again in verse 38. If anyone's ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous sinful generation. The Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory and with the holy angels. In other words, Jesus is challenging us to stand up for our faith. And listen, we live in a culture today that's trying to convince us that our faith is private and to remain silent. But the truth is, our faith is personal, but it's never private. And Jesus is inviting us to be very open with our faith, to be a bold witness. I mean, the Bible's very clear about this. In Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16, Jesus says, listen, be the light of the world. Be a city on a hill. In Mark 16, 15, Jesus said, go and preach the gospel to all the nations. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said the Holy Spirit was going to come upon us and empower us to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So Jesus had no intention of us keeping our faith to ourselves. Jesus' intention was that we would take our faith to our world. And he says, if you'll stand up for me, then man, one day I'm going to stand up for you. And he says, but if you deny me, 
that, man, one day, one day I'll deny you. And I know this is challenging. I mean, it was challenging for those men. It cost all of these men their life. They died as martyrs for preaching Jesus. It's challenging. Just this week, my mother was fired after talking about her faith with a manager. And sometimes there is a price to pay. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful that we don't become, we're not bullied into silence. But that we trust the Lord and stand up for our faith. So here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, follow me means I get to lead. It's the path to real life. And it allows you to be a bold witness. I'm going to empower you to be a witness. And listen, baptism is a picture of all of this. Baptism is a picture of our death to our old life and to ourselves. We're allowing Jesus to lead. It's a picture of our resurrection to new life, abundant life in Christ. And it's our opportunity to publicly declare in front of our family and friends that we are not ashamed, that we are a follower of Jesus. Man, that's what baptism is all about. And so today, man, I hope you hear Christ inviting you to follow me. Follow me. Let me lead. Step into abundant life. Be bold in your witness. This is what it means to follow Jesus. Now today we have a lot of people who are signed up that you've been planning this moment for a long time, you've invited your friends, and today you're going to stand up for Jesus and be bold in your witness. But then there are some of you that you just came to church today. But what you understand, what you feel the Spirit of God stirring in your heart right now, is that, man, I need to do that. I need to let Jesus lead. I want to experience resurrection life. Man, I want to be a witness for Christ and if that's you, today is your day. You thought you came to see someone else's baptism, and today is your day. Every time we have a baptism celebration, we usually have twice as many people who are baptized spontaneously as those who actually sign up to be baptized. So I want to encourage you. Man, when God stirs your heart, say yes. Listen, let Jesus lead. That's what it means to follow Jesus. In Matthew chapter 28, one of the final things that Jesus said to us was go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The first step in following Jesus is baptism. Because it is a picture of your new life. It's a picture of your death and resurrection in Christ it's a picture of your bold proclamation that you are a follower of Jesus. It solidifies your faith, and it is a powerful witness to everyone who sees. So I want to challenge you today to take the first step. Now maybe you're here today and you've not become a follower of Christ yet. And we want to give you an opportunity to do that. See, the Bible says about all of us, the truth is all of us are born rebels. We're not born followers if Jesus is going this way, we are born heading in the opposite direction. The Bible says that we are born in sin. That's why you don't have to teach little children to misbehave, right? They know how to do that just fine. And all of us are guilty. In fact, I've never met a person who argued that 
they were perfect, that they had never sinned, they'd never made a mistake, they'd never sinned against God or other people. We know that we're guilty. The part that we have a hard time with is that the Bible says the penalty for sin is death, spiritual separation from God. God takes sin much more seriously than we do. And so the truth is, you know what I deserve? I deserve hell and judgment. But God loved me so much that he sent Jesus who lived a perfect life and died on the cross. And on the third day, he rose from the grave. That's what we celebrated last week at Easter. That's what Easter is all about. And he did that in order to purchase my salvation so that I could have a relationship with God, so that I could receive his forgiveness and grace. He did that for you. And if you've never invited Jesus into your life, man, we want to give you a chance to do that. You say, well, Alan, I'd like to do it, but you don't understand. My life's a mess. And first, I've got to get some things right. No, you don't have to get the things right first. You have to begin to follow Jesus first. And if you follow Jesus, he'll help you clean up the mess. Because listen, let's be honest. If you could clean that mess up on your own, you'd have already cleaned it up. But if you'll start following Jesus, he'll help. Man, that's my testimony, the testimony of so many people here this morning. If you'll begin to follow Jesus, he'll clean up the mess. Some of you think, well, I might have already done this. I've been in church before. I used to go with my grandparents one Sunday. I walked down the aisle, and, and uh, you know, I might have even been baptized when I was a kid. Is that what you're talking about? Listen, no, I'm not talking about more religion. We live in the Bible Belt, and we've all got some religion in our past. I'm talking about a very tangible, personal relationship with God. And you might have some religion in your past, but if you're honest... You'd say this morning, God feels like he's a million miles away. And if that's you, settle it today. Open your heart. Trust in Jesus. I'm going to lead us through a simple prayer. It's not magic. It's not a formula. But I believe God right now is stirring your heart. And I want to give you an opportunity just to verbalize this, just to say to Jesus, Jesus, I'm inviting you into my life. So I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes and bow their heads. And if you just pray, if you're ready to begin a relationship with Jesus, right there in your seat, this isn't a trick. I'm not calling you to the front. Right there in your seat, if you're ready to trust in Jesus, to follow him, and pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, God, I thank you for loving me, sending your son Jesus to die for me. And Jesus, I'm inviting you into my life. Jesus, I'm asking you for forgiveness and grace. Jesus, teach me to follow you all of my days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate. Isn't that good?